Ogumba Wale for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hello and happy Monday. Welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I am Gabe Ibrahim. I'm a WNBA reporter for Her Hoop Stats. Basically, I'm a podcast host. I mostly exist in podcast form now. And I am alongside the engine of our Monday shows here on Locked On Women's Basketball. Amy Otterbert, our gym rat, and my fellow Miami Hurricane. And here's our gift to you. We're not going to talk about the Miami Hurricanes football team, even though they're ranked 12th somewhat fraudulently. But what we are going to talk to you about is some fantastic women's basketball that came to you this weekend and this last week. The playoffs are underway. We are in the semifinals and we have a lot to share with you. But before we get into all that, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked on, and you'll get ten dollars off your next order. So, Amy, how are you doing on this uh, Monday morning? It's pretty nice here, actually, in the DMV. Yeah, you know, solid morning up here too. You know, I get a little bit, I say, depressed, but I get a little bit sad when we hit that phase where we turn our air conditioning off and open the windows. <sighs> it's beautiful, the sun's out, but it's that harsh reality that mm-hmm. snow is somewhat closer than farther away well see it's it's nice being here i mean amy's in canada mm-hmm. uh and just I, in I'm, canada though niagara falls like we're talking but, five minutes just i'm not all the way up there well see i consider buffalo canada as well yes. so to there me that's it's all canada okay basically anywhere north of me is canada um but the here in in dc we're not gonna get uh snow we haven't gotten in a while because global warming but Going to other things that are not the best, um, we do want to talk about all the basketball that happened in this last week as the playoffs got underway, like I mentioned. But we have to start off with what happened in uh, to the semifinals in game one of the Minnesota Lynx versus the Seattle Storm to get to the finals. In that, that game did not happen. It was postponed due to some inconclusive uh, COVID tests from the Seattle team. Apparently, it was multiple players that got back inconclusive tests. That means they're not positive, but they were not negative. So we are waiting to hear more about that situation. No need to speculate on who it was, on how many players it is, just that there are tests there and that the plan that every team was made abreast of before the playoffs started was that if there was multiple inconclusive tests, it would lead to a postponement, nor forfeiture, no nothing like that because it'd be ridiculous to make a team forfeit a playoff game because some of their players may or may not have caught a, pan- a virus in a global pandemic. Now, uh, so I do, I do want to make clear, we don't know what's actually happening in Florida. We do know the game's postponed. If everything is okay, the game will be happening at 9 p.m. on Tuesday, tomorrow night. Um, so hopefully everything's hunky-dory. The league seems to think that um, – It'll be okay. They said that this was out of an abundance of caution. Absolutely the right decision from the WNBA. I do want to call out some people on Twitter, though. Because as soon as this news broke, during the Connecticut-Vegas game, uh, a lot, not a lot, but a handful of fans immediately said, oh, the league's changing the rules for uh, for Seattle because they want Seattle to win. They want to give Seattle extra rest or other teams had to play without their players. 
And I noticed that many of these comments were coming from people rooting for the Las Vegas Aces. As we'll get into, the Las Vegas Aces got their butts handed to them. So these people, I'm guessing, were just mad, and I hope that's what happened, because I hope your first thought in a global pandemic with a deadly virus is not to suggest that the league is somehow favoring a team whose players may or may not have caught this, glo- this deadly virus. So if that's your thought process, I just want to tell you, like, don't listen to this podcast. Just, like, go and look at yourself in the mirror for a long time until you realize, like, how stupid you are being. Um, but, Amy, uh, aside from me chastising the people on Twitter, uh, what were your thoughts on the postponement? And, and um, you know, obviously we're not going to speculate here, but just it's kind of a bummer that this happened now. <laughs> Yeah. So, well, and listen, another, th- I'm not harping on these people either. Listen, that was an ABC scheduled game mm. on a day with an NBA playoffs on an NFL Sunday, the W had an ABC national spot. They wanted to play this basketball game. Okay. Yes. Like stop being <laughs> silly. I, <laughs> that's the nicest word I can think of. Yes. Um, did they also, if they were base, uh, Vegas fans, did they also not see what happened in Las Vegas after a week off? Do you yeah. think Seattle wanted another day or two off? Do you think they want to just get the dang ball in the air mm-hmm. and play some hoops? Because it was interesting. I think it was last week. Sandy Brondello said Phoenix had too much time off when they had three days off. <laughs> these women have been used to playing almost every other day this whole season. Mm-hmm. So this is not about rest at this point. Um, but a hundred percent, like I, I'm a major big time Kathy Engelbert fan. I had an experience to sit down and chat with her last year, last season in Atlanta. Um, I believe with her philosophies, but I also believe she's a former player. She, you know, she's a, a strong woman herself, protecting the health and safety of everybody in the Wubble is the number one priority. She's an economics driven woman. Once again, they had an ABC national spot on an NFL Sunday. It's mm-hmm. huge. And they decided that, the most important thing was the health and safety of the people in the Wubble. And you have to applaud that because yeah. this was not about giving Seattle an extra day rest. I don't think Seattle wanted the extra day rest. No. And also like she had to go onto the bus and tell them when they were on their way, basically to the gym. Like when you want to talk about roller coaster and, you know, the mental aspect of the game, um, I'm, I just like everyone else just want this ball to go up in the air now on Tuesday and see what happens. No, not, I'm plenty critical about the WNBA for, um, there's sometimes lack of transparency for their dealings with the media. But honestly, I think like you mentioned, Kathy Engelberg handled this perfectly. She, she, when it happened, they, they postponed the game. They sent out a press release immediately saying what happened. Um, they didn't release the names of the players because frankly, I don't think it matters, especially if it's multiple players, who, who are, who have these inconclusive tests. I don't think it matters. And I think they, she got in front of the camera. She talked to us as a, as a fan, as fans, let us know what was happening, told us the whole story. So I applaud her. I think this is just another sign of her having really good protocols in place. Generally, this is why the CBA got done in the fashion it got done. This is why the season was able to happen. And this is why you put in protocols, right? If, Player, if X amount of players or multiple players have inconclusive tests, we're postponing. Done. You don't have to think about it going forward. And she did the great job with that. Um, you know, as we mentioned, we're not going to speculate as to what's going to happen. We just hope everyone's okay. We hope that those tests remain uh, go 
being the negative. I'm guessing they're testing today. You guys will probably know more news about this when you hear the podcast. And but. I'll just jump in too, because I think people, and, and I don't know the science of it, but it, it's a spectrum test. It's not like right. black or white, yes, no. It's actually measured on a spectrum because when I ran into this situation when I was covering professionally in, mm-hmm. in Canada this past summer where a couple of players were inconclusive. So they got the test, um, I think it was within a, maybe 24 hours and they were fine but it was just something was showing inconclusive again it's on a spectrum mm-hmm. so it's you look at all these people that are making maybe even uneducated statements and it, it's unfortunate but bravo to the league for for taking action and again sacrificing that spot because at the end of the day it is the health and safety of the men and women who are in there working their tails off yeah we, we again just want to hope everyone's okay um and i think it seems like they the WNBA is is like they sent out a press release today saying that the game will go on on Tuesday as long as the test coming back negative. Um, so you know that that's it. That is what it is, and we will be waiting for that Seattle Minnesota game. Um, and I think that series is going to be excellent, and we could talk about that a little bit later. But right now we are going to take you to a break, and then we'll be back to talk about. Vegas getting their butts handed to them by Connecticut. Welcome back to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm Gabe Ibrahim alongside Amy Otterbert. You can follow our show on Twitter at LockedOnWBB. You can follow me on Twitter at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. And you can follow Amy on Twitter at Amy Otterbert. And remember to subscribe to the show because we're not just the only host here. We have we have a, a all-star team. All-Star team, giving you podcasts every single day, focused on women's basketball. You got Erica Ayala coming tomorrow, breaking down her wobble tee. Then on Wednesday, you got Lindsey Gibbs going deep into one of the teams, most likely. And then on Thursday, you will have Erica Ayala again doing her social justice shows, which are massively important. And I highly suggest you listen to it. And then on Friday, Howard Magdell's bringing the caboose with the Friday conversation. So make sure you just subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you like to listen to because you're going to get a ton of great women's basketball content. Speaking of fantastic women's basketball content, the Connecticut Sun beat down the Las Vegas Aces 87-62. to 62. That is the seven-seeded Connecticut Sun making it to the semifinals and beating down the one seed by 25 points in game one. The Suns' performance was highlighted by Jasmine Thomas going off for 31 points, a career high on 13 of 18 shooting, 3 of 6 from 3. She was fantastic. So was Alyssa Thomas. On the other side for the Las Vegas Aces, Asia Wilson had a great game, 19 points, 9 rebounds, 2 blocks on 8 of 15 shooting, and then largely no one else did outside of Jackie Young. So... Obviously, this is not what we were expecting in this series. Obviously, I, th- I think Connecticut has proven themselves to be, have that playoff mentality, to be ready for the playoffs. They, they won their first two games in single elimination fashion. They beat down uh, Los Angeles, and, and they, they beat up on Chicago as well. But um, I did, did at least did not see them winning by 25 points in this game uh, against Las Vegas. Did you, Amy? No. There you go. <laughs> no. No. Um, you know, I think we saw that a week off is, is too long. I mean, again, these women are playing every other day and all of a sudden a week off. Right. And so mm-hmm. they didn't have a good first quarter, but they also just didn't shoot well. And I think we saw a combination of, well, I think Connecticut's playing the best defense right right, right. now. 
but also Vegas just they missed some shots. But then what I saw was the team kind of pull apart a little bit. Um, we saw not the greatest of shot selection, right? I mean, they finished the game shooting under 34% mm-hmm. from the field. Um, they didn't take good shots. And then you saw some weird, you know, like some rushed attempts. And I think that you have to, if you're Bill Lambier, you appreciate that you've got a handful of players that are confident um, that felt like, okay, okay, I can get things going for my team. But man, you've got the MVP, yes. you know? I mean, and the problem, and this is the problem when your MVP is not a, not a guard. You've got to get her yeah. the ball. And um, she finished, like you said, with 19 points, nine rebounds. I think that there were some key possessions where the game was still in reach, where you've got to get, she's at least got to get a touch. Asia yep. Wilson has to touch the ball in those possessions. And we saw, I think it was one time like Lindsay Allen kind of threw up an open three, I think angel as well. And yes, you appreciate that those women can ball and they can play and they can hit shots. Those are key moments and you, your MVP has to touch the ball. So um, kudos to Connecticut. They obviously were prepared. They were on fire and they've got a chip on their shoulder. Listen, they, they, they are kind on of running shoulder. on, that's the thing. They're kind of running on this narrative that they're disrespected. And Gabe, let's just talk about it. You, you and I both know that a couple of people on Locked On picked them to beat Los, Los Angeles. Uh, yes. They're not disrespected, who, who, who but they was one of, is one of those people talking on this yes, podcast right I now. I did. And I'm you know what? I brag when I'm right because we're not as you know, it's it's exciting yes. when we're right. We're not always right. But um they feel disrespected, but they started 0 and 5. They were they did not look good at all at the beginning of the year. They've pulled it together to say the least, right? Mm-hmm. They're peaking at the right time. Um but and I I just I think sometimes people just look at records and stats and say, oh, they'll win a game or two. I mean, they have depth. They are right. good. They are co- They have one of the best coaches in the league. You know, they've got Alyssa Thomas and Dewana Bonner playing at a really high level. And all of a sudden you get 31 from Jasmine Thomas. So, yeah, they're going to win that ball game. And, and Vegas is going to have to – they'll be fine. They're going to look at the film. They're going to say, okay, refocus – I think they'll get better shots, yeah. but man, they're going to have to work for their shots because Connecticut's not giving them anything. No. And I think like you mentioned, Connecticut was just really well-prepared um, and not, and, and just to be clear, I mean, I love Jasmine Thomas. I think I hate saying people are underrated because that, that I don't, I don't like that, but I think she, we don't always talk about how important offensively she is to Connecticut and we don't give her her flowers when she does something like this. Like obviously this is a career high, but Last year in the semifinals, she had 29 points against um, Los Angeles. She can show up and score. Her main her main productivity is on the defensive end. I think she brings that every single night. Like, I can't remember a game where – I think, like, one game in the finals, I remember last year, Jasmine just kind of had a bad defensive game, but she always shows up on defense otherwise. Um, so that, that was huge. I think once you get Jasmine Thomas going, that's huge for Connecticut's offense, but – She's not going to shoot 72% from the field. Her hoop stats tweeted out something yesterday that was, it said uh, Jasmine Thomas is the first player in WNBA playoff history to shoot 70% on at least 18 field goal attempts in the playoffs. So guess what? It's not going to happen. There's going to be some regression to the mean. I don't think this is going to be a 25 point 
game going forward. But no, but what it does though, Gabe, don't forget now, Vegas has got to be a little bit closer to Jasmine Thomas 100, yes. in game two, which means maybe AT gets to breathe a little bit better. Maybe Dewana Bonner's half a step open. Like, so that performance, while I don't, like you said, I don't think those numbers are consistent. They mean a whole lot in terms of defensive strategy for the Vegas Aces, unless they say, you know what, do it again. Because, yeah. I mean, she'll she do it again. Ball. She could shoot. I mean, she can. She's got a nice shot. Well, and, she, and that's the thing. That, like, that's what I was going to say. Like, yeah, they're going to be some regression to the mean for both teams. And it'll be closer. But I don't think that's all that's happening here because Jasmine saw, I mean, the, the defensive tenants for Vegas are going under the screen and, and protecting the rim. That's what they do, right? Um, and especially on a player who has had a rough shooting year like Jasmine Thomas has, you're definitely going to do that. You're definitely going to go under and say, you want to make that that mid-ranger, that 18-footer? Go ahead. You want to make that three? Go ahead. Prove that you can, and she proved that she can. So I'm, I'm with you, though. That is going to open up for stuff for Dewana Bonner because she was 2 of 12 from the field. She ended up with 8 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, but really rough night for her, and I think that's because Vegas was just keying in on her. In fact, I think they were keying in on her from the beginning because at the beginning of the game, Angel McCautry got – like the first four or five possessions. And I think the point of that was to get Dewana Bonner in foul trouble. So they were really keen in on her and they forgot about how good Jasmine Thomas is in the semifinals, how much she loves this moment. Um, but to me, the the biggest challenge, I, I think defensively Vegas got to figure out some stuff and they'll be better. Offensively though, you know, if, if Connecticut's playing like this, I'm not really sure what you do, right? Because Alyssa Thomas is everywhere. She's like apparating into passing lanes. She had five steals in the game. She's she's banging down low with Asia. You know, they have answers for all the guard play. Those guards really focus in on getting to the rim. Mid-range shots weren't falling. So guess what? That kind of kills the offense right there. So I'm interested in getting your thoughts as to what Vegas can do offensively, especially if our girl, Beatrice Montpremier, Miami's own, is standing up to Asia Wilson in the post and doing a pretty good job. Like, what oh do you gosh, do? Yes, I was so excited for her. I mean, like I you know. said, right? We got some some orange and green in our veins. Yeah, we got so some canes we're over okay here. with Queen B doing what Queen B does. But I mean, yeah, for a rookie who probably maybe not making that roster of John Quell Jones plays the year in that moment in that huge playoff game to have to go in there early and guard the MVP of the league who just got named a couple hours before tip off. I mean, those are Mm -hmm. some, you know, that's called, you know, sink or swim. She swam big time. Yeah. Um, It's for Vegas. I mean, obviously I think they're going to shoot the ball better again. They were coming off that week and I think that they got just mentally, they kind of fell apart a little bit. We already talked about the shot selection. Vegas likes to get out and run. Right, mm-hmm. that was huge. You've got to get stops, and so when we talk about teams that like to play in transition and didn't have a great shooting performance, I always like to look at what do they do defensively, because you can got to get stops to get rebounds or steals. So you can get out and run, right? Mm-hmm. And and so I think that they've really got to dig down defensively to to make things a little bit more tougher for Connecticut, so that they can get out and run the other way. Uh, I don't think. Again, I think that first quarter, like, I don't think they played terrible basketball. I think they just no. didn't make shots. And then they kind of fell apart. I think that they're, they have a lot less X's and O's adjustments to make and more just mentally regrouping. What is our philosophies? Who are we? And again, I'll say it again because it's so important. We have the MVP on our team. And look, you saw the videos. 
I mean, they look like they genuinely like each other, right? Yeah. You saw an emotional Asia Wilson. I mean, if she doesn't love her team, she doesn't feel that in that moment, expressing that to them, right? And I think they've got to um, go back and freshen up those intangible type things. No, I, told, I, I think that's – I think you're right. The mental – and I think it's also – you saw that in um, those wired segments with Bill, Bill Beer that he was saying to his team – you know, he, he called out Asia specifically in that third quarter because they were down, they were getting down by like 20 points at that point. And he told her, you got to keep your head up. Yeah. You got to like keep your head up. Challenging your MVP. How about that? Right. You're, like, you're, you're awesome. a leader. Like, I don't care what the scoreboard says. You got to keep your head up and you got to keep playing because you're the leader. If you don't want to play, you let me know and I'm going to take you guys out. But don't go, don't go out there and hang your head. And I think that was huge. And it was, um, I think, you know, this team, when you're following Asia, your MVP, and she certainly deserved it, no doubt. But she's still young. And so she needs to, I think she needs to kind of learn what to do in these moments as the leader on the team. Um, and I think she will. I think this was a great, I think this is a good learning experience for her. And I think she's going to come back out because she was, she was fired up for parts of that game. When she was, when she was cooking, she was yeah. fired up. So I think and if we see that for a whole game. Her. You know, Connecticut goes up 10 and you're not hitting shots. Just get her the ball. You know, maybe she kicks out. Maybe she gets something going. But I think that she's got she's to have the ball in her hands. It's just there's nothing else to say. And I don't care if she's shooting like 0 for 10 at that point, 0 for 12. Give her the ball. Feed her. No, yeah. But, and then there's also just like a lot of people need to contribute on the team. Now, we're, we're, we're talking about Asia because she's a star, but – Jackie Young had 17 points. No one else on the team had more than six. Yeah. I need more from Angel McContry. I need more from Dierica Hamby. She had points in this game where she was going up one-on-one -on, -one on Alyssa Thomas. And to me, that's that's a fool's errand. Like, why yeah. would you Well, that's that? Well, that's the problem there, right? That's a matchup, like, nightmare. I don't think anybody wants to go up against no. I don't want any single player in this <laughs> league going up one-on-one. -on -one. If, if that's the offense, we got to change the offense because that's not going to work. Um, I think she, she has to just kind of be more cognizant of that and say, all right, let's just bearing down on me. Swing it, swing it. Right. So they'll get, I think they'll be better. I think they'll come back and I'm, you know, I'm gonna say it right now, I think they're going to win the next game. Um, I think they're going to win game two on Tuesday at 7 PM. What about you? Do you, do you agree with that? Oh, I knew you were oh. going to ask this, and I said, I'm not answering that. <laughs> this morning, I said, I'm not answering when he asks me. I don't think Connecticut's going to sweep Vegas, but I'm going to tell you something from what I saw yesterday. I I wouldn't be surprised if they win the series. Oh, I'm not talking like, about the series. I'm talking about game two. Game two? Yeah, but the problem is in a five-game series, I mean, if you mm. don't win game two, it's kind of like, you know, it's really hard to come back from that. No, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I'm not going to tell you who's going to win or lose because I don't know, but I think it's going to come down to a couple of possessions. Yeah, I think I think the I think the Aces will come back, and I really want to see more from Angel. I mean, Angel's Angel might be the best playoff performer in WNBA history. She owns four of the top ten playoffs, yeah. like the highest scoring playoff games in WNBA history. So I think she should she'll be better. She'll be. Oh, game. listen, Angel McCaughey. Why she left? Um, a team that she was with her entire career at Atlanta to go win, to go win and compete in a championship. Mm -hmm. She's been there before. She knows what it's like. And she hasn't come to this point in her career to lay down. So I think you're going to get, yeah, you're going to get more. You're going to get more compete um, from her. She's going to, you know, she'll hit some shots.
but no. uh, we just talk about Connecticut defensively, how good they are. You talk about AT, you talk about Jasmine Thomas. How about Breon January? Yeah. I mean, like, I think Beatrice Montpremier, she gets it. She doesn't have to go in and drop 20 points. She's got to play solid defense. Dewana Bonner's length is incredible. So, I mean, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough last possibly four games for Vegas. Yeah. Well, it's a 200 – like Bill was saying yesterday, it's a 200-minute series, and I think yes. he's planning on this going five. And I would, yeah. I would be, I'd be pretty surprised if this didn't go five. Um, but, yeah, we'll talk we'll, – hopefully, I think we'll have another show before the end of this series. I hope so. I hope. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, it's going to be a great series. Um, all right, we're going to get – we're going to get into our final segment, talk about what happened in the first two rounds, give you a little Seattle-Minnesota preview time permitting right after this. Have you ever had a candy bar and thought, man, that was delicious. I just wish that was healthy. Well, our friends at Built Bar have the solution for you. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. And guess what? It's healthy. It's perfect for the health-conscious person looking to maintain or lose weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, great for a keto diet. And if you're doing a keto diet during the pandemic, just amazing for you. Very proud of you. Way to go. The Built Bar also has offering six new flavors. as caramel, brownie, cookies, and cream. Cherry Barcia, which I'm not sure what that is, but it sounds delicious. There's an almond an apple almond crisp, carrot cake, lemon almond cheesecake, anything to satisfy your tasty needs while also getting you a healthy snack. So make sure to grab a Built Bar when you are at the grocery store or go to BuiltBar.com. There you can get uh, potentially a free cooler with purchase. Uh, that's while supplies last. Or you can use the promo code Locked On. You'll get $10 off your next order. So use the promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com and enjoy the best tasting protein bar ever. Welcome back to Locked On Women's Basketball. Again, just subscribe to the show. I'm not going to, you guys know how to do this thing if you're listening to this podcast already. But we're now going to get into the what happened in the first two rounds here because we talked to you last Monday. We gave you our playoff predictions. And man, I am so wrong about all of this stuff all season long. So don't listen to my predictions because I love giving predictions, and I'm always, always wrong. So what happened in the first round? Connecticut uh, beat down Chicago 94-81. Uh, yeah, Connecticut beat down Chicago. Did I say that right? I think I did. Yeah. They beat them down by 13 points. Uh, it, Chicago just had a rough end to the season without Diamond Shields and Azari Stevens, and showed up there in the playoffs. feel bad for Courtney Vandersloot, but I'm guessing they're going to be back and be stronger next year. And in the second game, the nightcap, uh, an absolutely ridiculous game with Washington losing to Phoenix 85-84 to 84 on a Shea Petty buzzer beater, as we all saw coming. Uh, Amy, what are your thoughts on the other of those two games? Obviously, that Phoenix game, I think, is an all-timer story with, with Shea Petty beating her former team, the Washington Mystics. Yeah, like we said drama, right? We were like, you know, yeah. don't forget Shatori and Shea Petty, both like, you know, mm-hmm. former, recently former Washington Mystics. So, that play was drawn out perfectly. I love to see Shea had the opportunity for the extra kick, but man, was it Leilani Mitchell flew out and had the composure yep. to gather and hit the, yeah. I mean, it was poetic justice at its finest. Um, I, I always, I love when Phoenix wins in the playoffs because if you listen to our show, you know, I love our 
basketball yeah. goddess yeah. DT. And so anytime Diana Taurasi gets to play more, I'm all for it. Um, yeah, I mean, it was incredible. And that's what the league, this is what the league fights so hard for, right? Because you go on the internet, you go on sports center and you're seeing it, you're seeing the, the highlights and, and a little touch on the story. But I think the fans truly appreciate that because the fans of this league do invest into the players and their stories, maybe more than other leagues. And so, um, that was pretty, that was pretty cool and special. No, it was great. It was a great play for Shea Petty. I kind of knew she was going to make that, though. Once I saw her in the corner, I was like, oh, no, not her! Not her! Anybody but her! Because it's just too good of a story for her to miss. Um, but Leilani Mitchell had a revenge game, too, 25 points. Uh, but she missed the no. crucial free throw. That would Yeah, and man, she and she jumped out on the closeout, right? That was her. That was us. I mean, one of them got the best of it, and one of them got the worst of it. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was a great game. Uh, shots the Mystics and and the Sky, but uh, I think the Mystics showed just a lot, a ton of heart this year, um, ton of ingenuity, and and they proved that they have a a, built, a winning culture, and I think they're going to be back um, next year as a title contender. Yeah, because um, you get EDD and Natasha Cloud, right? <laughs> yeah, you'll be that, right. <laughs> that prediction I'm very sure about. They will be back yeah. as a title contender because they're getting <laughs> yeah. oh, like three of their best players back, including the best player in the world in Elena Deladon. Um, oh, and Tina Charles, hello? Yeah, well, Tina Charles <laughs> is not under contract. We'll, we'll, we have time to talk about what's going to happen okay. with Tina yeah. Charles because <laughs> she's, not, she's not technically under contract, but um, we, will, we will see what happens. I think she's coming back, though, and we'll have to talk about Emma, too. But that's that's for the off-season episodes. We still got games. Uh, in the second round, second round was equal. It was dramatic. It just didn't have the dramatic ending for the Minnesota-Phoenix game. Minnesota won 80-79. to Sylvia Fowles made her um, playoff, playoff debut. Obviously, everyone on Minnesota made the playoff debut. But she had missed a bunch of games, and she came back, and she looked pretty good. Um, and Demir Stantis dominated for Minnesota there with 22 points uh, on nine of 17 shooting that she is such a great signing. She's kept them afloat all season long, especially with Sylvia Fowles, not uh, healthy for most of the season. So the Minnesota game was fantastic. You are goddess. We worship at the, at the church of Diana Taurasi. She had 28 points, nine assists, four rebounds, but in a losing effort. Um, you had you you before the show we were talking you had some strong thoughts about the end of the game there for phoenix well i just think that you know i think when they got the ball back diana tarazi gave it to sky skylar diggins and, and i was hoping that she was going to hit tarazi with the trail mm-hmm. attempt right because first of all tarazi's got you could argue the best range in the league and she's feeling great like you said you got 28 uh this is this is a Diana Trazi moment. This is why, and it's no disrespect to anyone else on the team, but this is what she lives for, right? These moments. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, you know, that should have get that should have been her shot. But I think what was frustrating was afterwards was just like the way that the media handled, like, or the way that the team handled the media availability. Skyler, Diggins Smith, who has also had such a great season and um really looking forward to seeing them come back next year. But you know, she, she made her, she didn't come out and speak to the media. And I think that was frustrating because, you know, our, very, our locked on extraordinaire, you know, Lindsay Gibbs, she was frustrated. And I understood it because, you know, y- you have to come talk to the media after those games, even if they're heartbreaking. Right. And, and you don't know the situation, but at the same time, if this was in the NBA, like, yeah, you come out and speak to the media, you don't, 
they don't get to take the night off, right? And I think that that was, uh, unfortunately, you know, you look at this game, by the way, and I hope our girl BG's okay. I still haven't heard anything. I don't know about you, but man, they win, they win that game with, with a healthy Brittany Griner. Oh, that was a one point game that they win with a healthy Brittany Griner. And so that okay. that's also frustrating, I think, for the team because they were good enough. They were good enough to win that game. It came down to one point. Oh, I think they're good enough too. And I, I'm with you. I mean, you know, I feel for Skylar. I know she must have been heartbroken. She took that final shot, didn't go in. She was three of 15, um, finished at eight points, six assists. And just a really tough game for her after a great game in that first round and a lot of great games in a row. But that's part of the job, you know, that you, you can't just right? like a player can't just say, oh, I'm not playing the fourth quarter because I'm not feeling it. Like, no, part of the job is talking to the media. Um, that's what grows the game. It helps us understand what's happening. And then you can contextualize your performance, not make excuses like the Los Angeles Clippers, but to, to contextualize your performance and say, well, you know, this was happening. This is what I saw. I struggled. And, and, you, you take your medicine there, and I think that's what um, we expect of teams in in that situation. And, you know, I think you saw it with Los Angeles last year. You know, Candace Parker, she was crying. She, she, was, she was hurt. She was really mad, and she still sat there and talked to the media last year after they got swept by Connecticut. And I think that's just – it's just part of the job. Speaking of Los Angeles losing to Connecticut in an embarrassing fashion, uh, the Connecticut Sun beat the Los Angeles Sparks 73 73- to 59. Uh, basically, you can lift everything we said about the Las Vegas game into this game. Um, and that's basically what happened. But my question for you on this game. So, Neka Gumake had a migraine right before the game. We're not going to discount that because um, that's going through migraines is terrible. But uh, she couldn't play right before the game. That's a huge blow to the team. That's a huge blow to their plan. I spent all the pregame show for that game talking about Neka Gumake, so <laughs> yeah. I understand how big of a blow that was. Welcome to the G League. <laughs> I'm just right. kidding. <laughs> right, right. Um, but, however, still, to lose by that many points, I think it shows that there, there's there's something going on in Los Angeles that I'm not really happy about if I'm if I'm the Sparks. So, um, can Spark is free agent? Uh, they got a bunch. They, Chelsea they got Gray other. is, NECA Chelsea is. Gray. They're unrest. The three of them are unrestricted free agents. Uh, Do you think we see major changes in Los Angeles? So let me just say, and I'm bringing in my bracket's perfect right now. I pick this right, <laughs> and, I, and I'm not going to sit here and say why, but there's just this hunch with the spark. You said it all season. You really did. There's just this hunch with them because I get so, I, I don't know, maybe it's like I'm a pessimist. Per, I know I'm a pessimist person, but like I get so excited with what's out there, right? You look at their roster mm-hmm. and like, let's talk about Bebe. Oh my gosh. She's like one of my favorites, yes. right? Raquana Williams. Um, They've got studs and I, I just, there's just, I don't know what it is, but anyways, back to your question. You know, I think it's going to be hard for Candace Parker to leave. I think so um, she's been there her what 13 seasons now her entire mm-hmm. career um and la i mean <laughs> she's it's nice like, <laughs> she's doing it uh, but she's a competitor first so let's let's give her that um and she wants to win ball games right and and even she said after the game i'm it's just it's hard every year to hear next year next year will be our year next year mm-hmm. i still think she comes back i don't know if chelsea gray does i'd be interested in that because they also have Christy Tolliver there too. Um, yeah. Here's the thing. Because you get – because as the players kind of said, they're they're sick of this narrative of it's, you know, we'll be back next year. We'll be 
for those three to basically say, yeah, we're all going to come back. It's kind of like you can't keep doing the same thing over and over mm-hmm. and expect a different result. So if you kind of have that mentality, I don't think all three of them come back. But I just not, I don't think Candace is going to leave. I don't know who is. Um, I, I would be surprised be... if Derek Fisher doesn't come back, right? Like, because of, and I, I actually, if he doesn't, okay, if he's not back with the team, here's the thing. And I actually, I loved talking to Derek Fisher yeah, um, yeah. before games last season. I think he's awesome. Uh, I think his staff is really, really good. There was clearly issues last year between the players and the staff or the players and the coach. And this year, they also underachieved. While we didn't have that on our screen in that game, we didn't see the kind of, you know, combat vibe, they still didn't win. And so something has to change. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is right now. And it's kind of weird because I'm not placing blame on anyone. I like them all. I love watching all of them. I'm a fan of the game. I'm passionate about the game. And they all bring something really special to the game. But they're not winning ballgames. Yeah, I, 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 it'll depend on who Candace Parker wants to be the coach because you got to bring her back. Um, So if she doesn't want Derek Fisher to be a coach, he's gone, period. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't, to me, Derek Fisher isn't someone, I'm very aggressive with my coaching. Like if you're not a top five coach, um, I think I'm giving every coach in the league a little bit more leeway this year. But if you're not a top five coach and I don't believe you're, you're doing everything you can to make our team better, then I'm going to move on because there's, a, there's plenty of coaches to choose from. But, you know, we'll see. I think, it, I think he did do a better job this year, though, and I think he um, deserves credit for that. But it'll be tough. It, it's just, like, tough to say, oh, we're just going to run it back next year with Chris Tolliver and it'll be fine and Shanae Gumake. And, like, yeah, maybe that makes a huge difference, but maybe it doesn't. Okay, I will run- say this, though, okay, really quick, really quick. I do love the playoff format. However, the single elimination absolutely screws that third and fourth seed mm-hmm. because do. they do have extra time off and they don't have the luxury of playing more than one game. And yeah. so I don't know what the answer is. We need a couple more W teams, right? I don't know what it is, but, um, yeah, like, it's it really tough. <laughs> hey, but Connecticut won those games. Yeah. And yeah, you know, like that's, it. that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. So um, we we've run out of time to discuss uh, Seattle, Minnesota. It's going to be an awesome series. I think that it, I think Seattle is probably going to come out on top, but we'll see what happens. And you can listen to more about that series the postponements, everything tomorrow with Erica Ayala and the rest of the week with Erica, Lindsay Gibbs and Howard Megdell right here on locked on women's basketball. We hope you guys have an amazing week and We hope you guys enjoy some amazing basketball.